Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Beatrice Murad, and today I'm joined by Steve Zek. Hello. And Alex Bonilla. Hola. And we're here to discuss the latest animated film from Warner Brothers, Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Um, spoiler warning, we will be getting into spoilers in this podcast. Um, thankfully, for those who haven't seen this movie, we're going to have a brief, say, like, this, what, five to ten minute discussion about the film in, like, non-spoiler terms. So feel free to listen into that before deciding whether or not you want to see this movie. Uh, you can find out more about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes, where we appreciate your star ratings, or search for Overly Animated on your favorite podcatcher. So let's just briefly talk about this movie in non-spoilers, because I do want to get into spoilers, and don't worry, I will be mentioning when we get into them, so you won't be spoiled unless you want to be. This is a spoiler-consenting zone, all right? We won't <laughs> infringe on your... Non if you don't want it. anyway we're going that's getting into other stuff um so i want to briefly talk about the box office for this movie just to start us off because i just heard it before we hit record on this i was told by alex what it was and it's not good <laughs> not good at all alex can you tell me how much this movie made this weekend um, well, it's estimated, according to Bots Office Mojo, to finish at $10.5 million this weekend. Uh, for comparison, Hotel Transylvania 3, which I think has been out for two weeks already, it made $12 million. So, like, that, that's uh, still ahead of Teen Titans Go!, which is premiering this weekend. But even then, 12 and 10, that is not strong numbers for an animated movie. Especially, it's, I, I mean, I'm more worried about Hotel Transylvania after hearing that. Because those uh, that, like that movie is far more expensive. Weekend, uh, oh wait, third week. I thought you said it was at its first. No, no, it, it, like it, it opened at forty four million. Okay, that makes weekend, more sense. So. Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> but, it's not only opened at twelve. I was like, Titan oh no. Yeah, what I'm saying is, Teen Titans Go. It's premiering this week, and it still finished less than Hotel Transylvania three, which has been out for several weeks already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in in context, just to get just to give you guys an idea, like. Hotel Transylvania probably cost a lot more to make than Teen Titans, you know, because it's the it's computer generated, like it's not two D animation. I mean, not to say that Teen Titans isn't um, probably didn't have like a bigger budget than its it did probably have a bigger budget than its TV counterpart, but even then, I don't know if it would cost the same as a typical animated movie. I think it would cost a little bit less, don't you guys think? Yeah. Um, that sounds about right. Uh, once again, according to Bots Office Mojo, I don't know how accurate these numbers are, but the production budget for this movie is $10 million, So okay. like, it's, it's decent. All right. That Well, again, we also have to add like a third additional to that budget because that will go the to marketing. Marketings. Exactly, to marketing. So it hasn't made its money back. Um, well, well it's, uh, it's definitely not Disney when it comes to knowing how to promote its stuff. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's still. I mean, but I feel like it's still like it's Warner Brothers, which yeah. I mean, they're I, I, you know, they can promote a movie. It's not. Yeah, I'm like, about well, I mean, animated stuff. I'm talking just specifically. Yeah, animated. but I mean, I don't think yeah. I don't think animation in terms of marketing. It's like yeah. it, I think marketing it's its own thing. I don't think there's a specific like animation marketing department within Warner Brothers. I think it's all just marketing. So they, I, I don't know. I wouldn't doubt the marketing. I just think it's not the best number. Want to look up and see how how well Space Jam did his first weekend? Or? Well, why? Why, why would why? That, why? That, that can't be. 
came left field. I was not expecting Space Jam to be the movie that, that you said. That is from 1994. Yeah, that is a different that market. It has Michael Jordan as like the star factor. That is a different movie. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, no, that's a big Warner Brothers movie. The last four of my movies I remember. 20 years ago. No, okay. Okay, we're we're, let's, we're moving on from this. We're moving on from this. Um, okay, let's talk about this movie in just in terms of just very briefly in terms of our initial impressions and expectations going into this movie. Um, just very briefly, tell me what you thought. Did you like it? Did you not, Alex? Let's start with you. Okay, so I'm a, a resident Steven Universe fan on this podcast. So st- the Steven Universe fandom has some host- sometimes hostile reaction towards Teen Titans Go due to Cartoon Network's preferential treatment of that show in at times in it, the network's history. So I, I, I went in with low expectations because really I, I don't have any ill will towards it, but it's just it's not a show that has ever called my attention. And uh, like... I think that this epi- this movie feels just a very uh, uh, an embodiment of where we are with the superhero genre in terms of the meta-ness of it. Like we- we've gotten to Deadpool, we are inserting more meta stuff into the Marvel movies, and now DC with with this movie is trying to be self-aware, and it kind of just feels like well, like this is just another step in that trend of like making fun of itself and getting a lot of humor out of that. Even if you're not going to address that in your actual movies, you're just going to leave it be like that, whatever. Uh, and, and like the humor in this, uh, like in the show, I know that it's um, it, it's a stereotype of that like uh, it's like lowbrow humor. They do a bunch of fart jokes and jo- jokes about waffles and things like that. And I think for the most part, they clamp down on it. Like there's a couple of, of uh, sequences that. Uh, do go in that direction but i think overall they, they try to keep their humor more focused on the meta-ness of it so that helps it, its case in that regard and uh, i think that also when it tries to do emotional stuff this movie so- sort of works too especially with the, the main character i think that when it gets to that point like even if i don't care about the characters themselves but the movie in a, in a vacuum does enough to get me to care about their arcs so to speak so, like in the end, it's it's a it's a functional movie. Like it's uh, I got I got laughs out of it. I'm not gonna lie, but at the same time, it's just a humor that doesn't really extend itself beyond <laughs> what I expected out of a like this. This definitely feels very made for TV in a way. So like in it, it, it feels that way, and that's fine. But it's just, it's not it's not something that's stood out to me but because i had low expectations i ended up being okay with it gotcha gotcha i'm still reeling over the fact that you're saying that the potty humor was clamped down for the movie because well, look, it's was, still was, a lot for me so the fact that it's clamped down oh that tv show makes me scared um, i was expecting 80 minutes of that oh, so like, oh boy uh, get, getting 25 percent like that that that's a lot less than i thought it was gonna be wow, wow. okay uh steve what did you think of uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies. I'm coming from a similar place as Alex, but mainly because I'm a big fan of the 20, 2003 series and also the Marvel Wolfman comics, so I'm very familiar with Teen Titans. And I could, let me say, uh, it's kind of the opposite of my little point of the movie in terms of how it compares to the TV show, because I think the movie was much better than most of the episodes of the Teen Titans Go! TV series. 
I thought the quality was much more upscale. It just it went just a little bit better. I thought the characters are definitely more likable. Robin especially more likable because in the TV series, most of the time they're very unlikable. They're outright bullies at times. So this they did a much better job than they normally do on a TV show. So I'll give them that. And I did like some of the songs. Um, the upbeat, inspirational song about life is so catchy. I just keep playing that over and over again. So, yeah, I, I liked it, actually, compared to the TV series. It's not the greatest movie in the world, but it's passable. Okay, okay. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, well, I came into this, I hadn't watched Teen Titans Go. Um, I, I Again, I, I had watched the original Teen Titans animated show um, when I was younger and was was one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Um, but I I wasn't familiar with Teen Titans Go. I mean, I knew it existed. Um, I just I wasn't I didn't know what the hu- what humor it was. I wa- I I didn't and I di- even though I'm a fan of Steven Universe, I'm not in I'm not too deep into the I guess rivalry between these two shows. Um, <laughs> these two children desperate for Daddy Cartoon Network's attention. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I I didn't know about that, so I didn't. I, I don't know. I wasn't. If anything, I was just interested to see what we would get from this. Um, I I will say. I mean, there are moments in this movie that made me laugh. There are certain aspects of this movie that that I think work really well with with um with I don't know. In the grand scheme of like all the uh, superhero movies we get, like I appreciate a lot of some of the meta humor that we got, um, and it knows how to poke fun at itself. I just there are more elements of this movie that didn't work for me than the elements that did. So while I was pleasantly surprised to some extent by the eighty minute mark, I was like, okay, I need to leave. <laughs> I was like, I need it. I I need a. It, it's time for me to go. Like it, when I, I because I basically walked back home after the movie, mm-hmm. and there was a moment where I was just like, my brain hurt. <laughs> I just, I, I guess is the best way to describe it. I, I guess because I, I don't know. I, I was just like, wow, that was just really low brow humor for a long time. And it took a while for me to readjust. You obviously have not seen a TV show. Like obviously, we have. obviously yeah. I haven't seen a TV show. Instead of like, it's less of a, of a, a jab. It's more just because, you know, for some people and a lot of some people in the audience were like cracking up for it. It's just more of a culture clash than a jab at them. It's more just like my brain was not used to this type of humor. It hasn't been used to this type of humor for a long time. So well, it was uh, kind of uh, like, whoa. Uh, I do want to ask, well, what kind of audience did you have in your theater? Um, it was a mix. There were there were a couple like solo adults like me that were going to see it. I I mean, I don't I don't think any of them were like me that were like writing things down and taking notes, but um and then there were, like, it was, like, it wasn't a full theater, but it was, like, 50 adults and then 50 kids. And the kids were very loud. Very oh. loud. At one point, but here's the thing. Like, at one point, there was a kid behind me, the, the, right behind me, the row behind me, who started singing the ABCs. Oy. Like, loud. <laughs> oh, my god! Just gosh. started singing the ABCs. And the mom tried to shush them, and then they start to cry because they wanted to sing the ABCs. And I was just like, just let them sing it. I'd rather, <laughs> it was a good distraction. It actually, like, made me, like, 
yeah, breathe a little bit al- based on what I was seeing. I was like, oh, okay, I, I want them to keep singing because they will like kind of break this kind of space, this shock that I'm in, this culture shock that uh, I'm in. That I, keep uh, I don't think there's an alphabet joke in this movie. So like, I'm not <laughs> well, sure where they're going to come from. Look, kid, kids want to uh, do what they want to do. That's why I, like, I, I, yeah, I bring that up because, like, the, also in my theater is also half full. And, like, the only kind of a younger audience are, were, like, kids, like, eight years and younger. Like, five-year-olds, six-year-olds. Like, there were there were no teens in there. And I was the only solo adult. So, like, I, I guess it, that uh, seeing that just kind of put into perspective, like, w- what the target audience is yeah. for Teen Titans Go!, and it, it informs you on perhaps why they they lean on this kind of humor because it works for them. Like yeah. there the, there were there were laughs from from the kids in the in the theater. So like if, if it works, it works, I guess. My theater, I think there's only like one other like group that was there besides me, and it was this family had a couple of kids, and for the most part they were well behaved. But I get it. Believe me, I prefer to see these kids movies when they're like when they're at school or late at night. Well, I could watch peacefully and quietly without the little brat getting on my getting on one's nerves. Look, I, I appreciate the singing again. I appreciated them singing ABC because I I needed that kind of sense of like oh right reality. Um, so before we get into spoilers, I just want to briefly, very briefly, talk about um, the voice cast of this movie. Not even like the main cast because they're all they're the same cast that we're oh. familiar with since two thousand three. I just wanted to point out. Yeah. That Nicolas Cage voiced Superman. Now and Halsey voiced Wonder yes, Woman. Yes, yes, yes. But no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like Halsey voiced Wonder Woman. That's cute. That's that's awesome. Good on her. Like only very few people get to say that they played Wonder Woman in something. Nicolas Cage played Superman. People, the history, the history behind this casting. Okay, he almost okay. Superman. Was, there was going to be a Superman movie directed by Tim Burton. And it was about to be made. And he, Nicolas Cage, by the, at this point, he wasn't a meme. He was at the peak of his career. He was going to play Superman. And he loved Superman. He was like, this is, this is my guy. This is the character. I love this character. He named his son Kal-El. Like, this is, like, whoa. And it didn't happen. Like, there are pictures of his Superman suit, and it's this, like, weird, like, Tim Burton-esque suit, and it's so interesting and fascinating. It was, this was happening, like, after, I think, um, uh, Tim Burton's Batman had come out, so already yeah, there was, this like, was this, the late, was, late 90s, Yeah, right? late 90s, but it was, like, at that cool. point, so, and it was gonna happen, and then it didn't happen, and then mm-hmm. all we have is this picture, and there was a documentary about this, um, I think it was, what is it, what happened uh, to Superman? Superman lives, lives or the yeah, death, it was like, what, the death yeah, of the death Superman, Superman yeah. lives or something. It, that's what, that's what it was called. And it looks so cool. And for, it basically became this kind of cult thing of like Nicolas Cage was going to play Superman. And the fact that he got to voice him in this movie, like mm. if there's ever, if, of anything that they did, the one masterstroke was casting him as Superman. Mm-hmm. Like it was brilliant, like chef's kiss, mwah, like perfection. Uh, also, his son, you've already mentioned his son is named Kal El Cage, uh, and he, he Kal El plays young Bruce Wayne in uh, this movie. Da, 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 da. Well, that's not, not a spoiler. Is that a spoiler? I mean, is spoiler? it? We don't know. Let's get <laughs> really? into spoilers. Let's get okay. into them. All right. So, for anyone who hasn't uh, watched this movie, leave now. Unless you want to be spoiled, but get out now. We don't, we're going to talk spoilers. Um, go away. 
All right, just go. All right, three, two, one, spoiler time. I mean, yes, he did voice young Bruce. He did Bruce mm-hmm. voice. And we'll we'll get into that little uh, sequence mm-hmm. in a bit. But um, so let's just kind of break down what oh. happens in this movie. All right. So the Titans are not taken seriously by anyone, right? Because yeah. all they do is joke around. You know, all they do is fart jokes and raps and whatnot. Um, so they... So the Justice League, like, tells them, like, yeah, like, you you guys aren't superheroes. Like, you don't even have your own movie. And this remark is kind of taken to the extreme. So the Titans, like, after failing to fight this, like, balloon guy, failing to fight what's-his-name from Super, from Big Hero 6, um, <laughs> <laughs> after they don't stop him, um, they decide to go to uh, the premiere of the latest Batman movie, Batman Again. Of course. Um, and first, they're not allowed in because they're not on the list. They try and sneak in anyway. Um, they get in, and then Robin is humiliated when he mistakes a trailer for the Batman utility belt as a trailer for his own movie. Oh. So I wanted to, for, like, this, like, opening very quickly establishes the the humor we're going to get into the, in this movie. It establishes, mm. like, the meta-references, all this stuff, establishes the music, I was not expecting music. Is the TV show, like, musical? Once in a while, I guess they would do that, but the songs are not as good as they were in the movies, I'm telling you that. I mean, most of the songs are really silly, like the Waffle song and what have you, so... Yeah, I think there's a song about burritos, too. Yeah, it's it's really stupid. Okay, okay, well, it's not a musical. Well, this movie, I think, would fall into the category oh, of a musical can, because can they break one, out into song. Can I mention one thing, though? Um, the, the person who does the voice of the director, Jay Wilson, is Chris voice Mel. of Anna in Frozen. Yep, and Chris I was Mel. hoping, yeah, I'm hoping they, when they did one musical in front of her, I was hoping to make a reference. He would tell them, what's with the music? What with all the singing? What is this, a Disney movie? I was hoping they would have made a, re- a reference to that. That would have been great. That would have been cool, but yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so in the movie, you don't do nothing with that. But I um, mean, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, one thing I want to point out: recently, we got news from Cartoon Network that Steven Universe is also getting its own movie, and that there's f- details floating around that would uh, it would also be a more musical style thing. It's so I wonder movie. if they, if yeah, if, if that's Cartoon Network's strategy, like turning their shows into musical feature films, like that. But that's I mean, it's, a like, strategy, I don't think I, I don't think it's a strategy. I just think that because Disney has kind of mind like like brainwashed people into thinking that animated mu- movies need to be musicals, now everybody thinks that move animated movies must have songs in them. Mm. Like, that's yeah. what that's what annoys me. It's like not every movie needs to have a song. Look, I'm a fan of musicals, but I'm a fan of diversity. I don't need a song in every freaking animated movie, especially in this movie. Like, look, sure, maybe the songs are a little bit higher grade, but they still weren't great songs. Like, they were just like, I mean, like in terms of just like, eh, like the con, like in terms of like singing, like the emotion and the emotional like levity of the song, like I just was like, okay, like this is silly. Okay, um, I'll take you to court with the upbeat song about life. I love that song, but other than that, okay, I don't even remember that song. Not just that, I don't even remember it. It didn't leave any impression on me. They all sounded the same. The only one that left an impression on me was the rap. Because I was like, okay, they're rapping their names. They're basically doing a Pokemon rap, but for Teen Titans. 
the only I put here to, uh, in the middle. There's a note I just have in the middle here. Too much singing. That being said, superhero movie is okay. So I think that was the only song I liked. <laughs> the the, the, the and I solo Robin and, and one. One thing I don't get though is, you know, voice Raven. She's Tara Strong sings in this one. Yet she's not allowed to sing in My Little Pony movie. What is up with that? Very that- inconsistent. That is, that is, I don't know, maybe it's like contract <laughs> obligations. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm assuming for Kristen Bell. Like, when Disney, like, she was like, hey, Disney, I'm going to be, like, voicing a character in this movie. They're like, all right, fine, but you can't sing. And you can't reference, like, our animated movies. Like, maybe. Yeah. Like, you uh, know. They referenced know. the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at one point just in this thing. And they, yeah, and they referenced like, Marvel. Know, so I don't, I don't know. Like, maybe, yeah, but, like, you won't see, like... Maybe in a Marvel movie, you'll get a reference to some, like, animated Warner Brothers movie, but you won't get a reference to DC, whereas in 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 an anime, like, I don't know, maybe the rivalries are, like, between animation studios versus rivalries between, like, I don't know. I don't know. Point is, I don't like, know how they got Stan Lee in this movie. How they got I away with that. I don't think that was him, though. Like, uh, I think it was. Yeah. Was it him voicing himself? I'm pretty sure, but... Yeah. I thought it was, like, someone else voicing him. Oh, wow. They actually got him. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, that, I think that was like the, the winner in terms of references was getting Stanley there. I was like, that, that's brilliant. That's like, that's when you know, that's when you know. Um, but anyway, let's get into what I think is like the most controversial part of this film. So after the Teen Titans decide that they need to make, they basically decide that they need to get their own movie, right? To be able to take in seriously as superheroes, which by the way, the premise of this, which is superheroes are getting their own movies. The fact that it's very meta in that sense, like it's open to so much, so many jokes, so many references. And I wish that they had gone a little bit further if they had actually like, I don't know. I just think, think that this was ripe for like, the best like this what they set up the stage for like the best sort of like referential humor that you could do and for some things they nailed it but they didn't really take it as far as i wanted them to yeah because like yeah sorry go ahead well well, like there there is a joke right like where at the justice league is saying that they have their movies and then green lanterns like there was a green lantern movie but we don't talk about it Mm -hmm. or like yeah but i kind of wanted them to go further i was like instead of we don't talk about it but it was like it wasn't me and then look look at the camera or something you know i wanted them to be a little bit more referential but in terms of real world referential they couldn't and how the movie industry works versus um oh like let's make jokes about they didn't know. They didn't know references to all, all the Joe Schumacher Batman movies, which would have been great. Like you know, like Batman and Robin, Batman Forever, which are known for being terrible. Yeah, or you know, about- <laughs> it would have been it would have been really cool to to do like maybe like do a reference about like um um even just like oh like I don't know like I was waiting for there to be like a, a thing about like instead of like the sequence that we see of the trailers of like his utility belt his like batmobile like trailers maybe one of like the joker and then like they're doing one of the suicide squad now one of the joker and then robin being like really you'll do one over a villain or like do one about like oh we're doing one about venom and he's like he's not even the superhero like he's not even whatever you know and like kind of like try and like do um like make fun of like disney for like and disney and sony and well no longer fox but whatever about like i don't know i wanted them to be funnier and like been a bit more like funny toward the movie industry and how complicated and silly it is versus you know like 
yeah i don't know i I, I think it could have been a little bit more higher brow i think yeah i I think that desire goes more into just the general nature of what kind of humor this movie is going for because by doing it with alfred with a utility belt with a car Mm -hmm. like it's going for the the utility belt and the batmobile i was like okay well, like, it's going for absurdist humor. And this entire movie, like, it just makes you think, well, this is absurd. We're actually doing this. Whereas, like, the kind of jokes you're referring to are more, like, realistic humor. Like, that's humor that act- that actually gets to the heart of what the point is. But this, the movie isn't interested in that. The movie is yeah. just kind of going for, like, the most uh, out there joke possible, oh. like, to the point where it no longer hurts them to do it. Well, they could also reference how, how Hollywood is very... Like very shy of making movies about female superheroes, how like Wonder Woman was like this big deal because they don't want to make a movie like Black Widow or Supergirl or Batgirl. They like they they trying to stay away from that traditionally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they kind of like very briefly, like in a way, it's like, well, it took a while. Like when Wonder Woman says, "Well, it took a while, but it finally got mine," and it's like you could have made a joke out of it. You could have yeah. done like something really funny and cutting. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the Teen Titans, they decide, like, we need to make a movie. In order to get a movie, they need an arch nemesis. So they go to Star Labs to try and stop Slade from stealing a crystal. Uh-huh. Slade. They tried to stop yeah. Slade from stealing a crystal. I, um, but he easily I, gets away. Yes. Can I mention, though, from, I haven't heard about this, of talking about voice cast, that they could not get Ron Perlman to voice Slade. They had to get Will Arnett. and Who voices not, Batman yeah. in the Lego Batman movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I know this is a different type of character, different type of show was a comedy, but still, one thing you I say about the show, they get all, most of the time, they get all the voice actors from the original show to voice their characters, and if they can't, then those characters are mute. So they kind of broke their little tradition there. Yeah, well, I mean, I, mean I, I don't mind, I, no offense to Ron Perlman, but I mean, like, Will Arnett's kind of, I feel like, a bigger name now. And also, Will Arnett is experienced in comedy. And, like, yeah. to be honest, Slade yeah. is kind of one of my favorites in this movie just because, like, the, <laughs> the, 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 the combination of the voice and the delivery of the meta jokes he gives and just his general disdain for the for the main characters, like, that, that all works together yeah. as, a, as a good villain and the one I'm who's willing, entertaining. Yeah. Like, I want more Slade in this movie. I'm willing, than, I'm willing to buy, guys. though, just different universes. Some characters have different voices in different universes, but... If we ever get like a season six of the real Teen Titans, it better be Ron Perlman playing Slade in that show. Will Arnett can I, play Slade in Teen Titans. That, Go look, look, that's we're getting ahead of ourselves with the Teen Titans. <laughs> like, we'll save that for later. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I agree. Slade, Slade, not anyone else but Slade was actually like very fun that was like a very uh fun moment like them going up against him him doing like the mind tricks it's silly but it was at least it was funny um, um yeah. when we get to the twist though about Slade though towards the end can we'll I get just mention that we'll get to I that okay theory. just wait we'll okay. get to that I want to get into but we'll get to that um <laughs> so um but yeah so they try to stop Slade he gets away the next day, the Titans try to cheer Robin up by showing him a homemade movie, but he stops watching. Instead, the Titans go to Hollywood to try and get a real movie wa- made. Uh, uh, Jade just, will... S- well, just in that sequence, there's a lot of little jokes I just want to point out. First of all, Robin opens that with a nightmare inspired by the Lion King, no, where no, no, he's no. a baby. I know, I know. Which, all right, fine. Because I was going to have like a section at the end where we were going to talk about our best jokes. And my two best jokes oh. are basically in these two sequences. But we'll get into okay, it now. Okay. All right. So yeah. Robin essentially has a nightmare 
leading after at the day like the night after Slate gets away, he has a nightmare where essentially it's um the circle of life opening se- sequence <laughs> in The Lion King. Um and it's brilliant and I'll tell you why it's brilliant. Because one it's a nightmare, right? And he's having a nightmare about Disney. <laughs> right? Disney as in DC versus Disney aka Marvel. He's having a nightmare about Disney. Layers, people, there's layers to this joke. Mm. Um and basically it's um a parody of that sequence and at the end I was expecting the gif you know that gif of Rafiki throwing Simba? Yes. I was that, expecting that. that. I mean, it kind of happened like that, but not really. Well, Batman throws a baby off the building. That's great. That's <laughs> uh, I was. Yeah, but well, I, I wanted was... it to be more. I wanted it to be more you, like the gif, which is just very blatant. Where you, you here he just kind of like drops him. This one he drops him. The other one he all out throws him. When anyway. I was when I was watching that, the, what, the, uh, my thought, what I was thinking about before I found out it was a, like a nightmare with the Robin thing was... Batman is like the king of the superheroes, really. Superman is the king of the DC superheroes, in my opinion. Not in the movie, move like not in not in like the, the in the in the movie business. That's not yeah. the case. Because look Maybe how many she... movies Batman has. Like, I'm thinking more about the comics, though. I guess he he was like sort of the original. He was like uh, he's like the uh, the Mickey Mouse of the superhero world, Superman. And I guess Batman. I know he's just he's like he's like Donald Duck or Goofy. He's like he's better. He's more interesting, but still, Superman, Superman. But I, I don't guess. know. I'm sure I Jerry guess. Seinfeld would be pissed at that. So that's I don't know. But um, but yeah. So that was that was great. And I, and side note, I really appreciate the multiple like style um uh styles like animation style, not animation style, but like uh, artistic styles. In the way sometimes the characters are drawn, I really appreciate that. I was like, ooh, that's a nice, like, take. Which is something that isn't as seen often in, like, 3D animation. Um, in 2D, you have, a, like, I feel like it's it's done a little bit more. Or at least it's a little bit more blatant, a little bit more obvious. Whereas with 3D, they tend to, like, because it is, I guess, I don't know. It, they tend to stick to one type of well, character <laughs> design and style. 2D, in, in like, at least in this movie, they played around with it a lot, which I really that, appreciated. It, in that sense, it reminds me a little bit of the Boss Baby because the Boss oh, Baby also God. does this where it experiments with that. animation style. Why are you people doing this to me? Like, put, throwing all these movies at me that I just, oh, I don't want to remember. Anyway, um, so, yeah. What does it say that this movie has many similarities to other mediocre animated films? Uh, I wonder why. I wonder why. I mean, with the butts and everything. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Oh, now you're making me do um, the comparisons. Well, well um, one one good joke around this as well is when, they, when the nightmare is ending and they introduce this video to him the vhs they present has young young justice Justice crossed out out. that to me that is my favorite joke of the movie by far the fact that they had young justice written in the vhs tape and then just crossing it out and making it this like silly like homemade movie for robin that is that to me is brilliant that is like that got a very big laugh out of the adults in the movie. Like some guy went like, "Ha ha, Young Justice," and then oh, that was that was. Well, funny. we can laugh now because it's coming back. So right, right, right. <laughs> but again, they don't mention it. I feel like how you though. I feel like the rival rival rivalry you guys see between Steven Universe and Teen Titans Go. I feel like the actual rivalry is 
Young Justice and Teen Titans. And then the oh, Teen Titans I people were like, you. we want to make the Teen Titans show, the 2003 one, but Young Justice is like taking that. I don't know. I think I'm that's with the you. I'm I with you. I, I, one thing I like about the original Teen Titans is that pretty much the Justice League, they don't exist. Okay, really. we're not here to it. talk about that. <laughs> okay. okay, though. we're to, That's not <laughs> what I meant by making that comment. We're not here. Focus, guys. Focus. Um, so, yeah. That happens. They try to cheer Robin up by send they try and go to Hollywood straight up and try and get a real movie made. Um Jade Wilson, the director of the superhero films, tells them Jade Wilson, funny. Oh, how, that like, should have been a giveaway. Should have been a giveaway for her anyway, last name. Um <laughs> But yeah, so she tells them that she would only make a movie of the Titans if they were the last superheroes on Earth. So obviously cue a time travel sequence. Oh. I need to talk about okay. this sequence. All right, we need to we need to talk about this. Yeah. Because on the one hand, I really enjoyed it. It was very funny. Basically, the Teen Titans going back in time to s- basically save superheroes from this, like at least for Batman, save his family with Superman, save Krypton, oh. Wonder Woman. It was kind of mean there, but in a way, it's like save her because then she gets to stay in Themyscira with her. Uh, family and stuff um but yeah they save these heroes obviously they're gonna come back it's gonna be all the world's gonna be like up in flames and then it turns cruel well you forgot one thing they didn't what they did to aquaman they they murdered him oh yeah and they oh okay it already (laughs) it had already been cruel they basically (laughs) murder aquaman i just Uh for on the one hand and basically when they go back they save aquaman they when they have to refix their mistake, they essentially kill Batman's family. They like, push his parents into the alley and put, shooting noises yeah. happen. They put the pearl necklace on the mom, on Martha. But, I mean, look. I, I, I don't don't mention that, that name, please. I, I agree with you mentioning that it's kind of cruel, right? But I don't know if it speaks mm-hmm. to my sense of humor, but I think this sequence is the funniest of the movie. Just because I think that this is where the meta humor and the irreverence pays off the most. Like, right. this is where it's so absurd, like the Teen Titans playing an EDM set on the Krypton Crystals yeah. to solve them, throwing a plastic sits ring on Aquaman to choke him yeah. to death. And, like, it's all, like, stuff like, we're doing this in a kid's movie? Whoa. See, that's <laughs> like, it. That's and, just and, it, though. And it's the cherry on top of pushing Bruce's parents into the alleys. So, like, there I was like, okay, I'm in. This sequence was great. And, they never, and they never fixed the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing, so. But look, that's the thing, though. All right? <laughs> like, the very machines that they use to go back in time are freaking tricycles. Like, and we've, we've talked about it. We've said this movie is directed towards kids between the ages of like five and eight years old. Isn't this humor a little bit intense? Well, well, Isn't this a little what, bit too much for that audience you, and that demographic? I'm just saying, look, this movie can't have its cake and eat it too. So, if you want to make a movie with this type of humor, then make a movie with this type of humor. Don't make a movie that's 80% humor for kids and it's directed towards kids but then throw in a good chunk that isn't directed towards kids but actually adults and not in the way that's very overt that's like very subtle and it's just a wink at the parents watching a movie with their kids and the kids it will just fly by the kids heads this is pretty gruesome stuff i this isn't like a wink this is very like intense stuff i don't know if like a kid i don't know if a kid i don't know if a kid should be watching that type of humor this is like very blatantly like violent well, kids probably 
kids probably seeing all these uh, Batman like movies, these live action movies, and totally. They but those movies show... are rated PG thirteen, is what yeah. I'm saying. Like those, like the parents know what they're getting into. This <laughs> is not that. I, I'm I'm with you that the tone of this sequence is a is differing to, from a lot of the rest of this movie. Although I do think that the cruelness pops up in other places as well. Oh, totally, we'll get, the we'll Shia get into. stuff is. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah right, right. So like I, I think that it, it's not it's not isolated to the sequence, but I get you that this definitely feels more adult oriented, and maybe that's why it landed more with me. Like also, there's Back to the Future mentions, like kids aren't going to get that. Yeah. Take on Me is playing in the background. Yeah. That's a song that as in been in the zeitgeist in 20 years so like it, all that that entire sequence and they try to sprinkle in some kid humor in the middle to like make it palatable like superman shaking his baby oh. butt or and stuff like and they that they said they said so, they said also uh where are we going to get um plutonium from from libyan terrorists we can't find any libyan terrorists yeah, they that, actually that's, said that's that. a back to the, that's a back i know to the i know but they actually right? said but, like, that the, in the movie libyan terrorists in this kids movie yeah, yeah, so the point the point is that this sequence definitely gives off the the vibe that this was aimed more at the adults than it was at the kids and I can see the the, the complaint of this being too much of a tonal difference compared to the rest of the movie. And I mean and not only too much of a tonal difference because that's like all right, all right fine fine whatever. Okay, you do that. But this there was no in terms of the plot there is no point to this sequence. Like you could take this sequence out and you would still, and the movie wouldn't change. That's not yeah. the point of time travel. But still, like, this, this sequence, like, look, most of the time when the movie's trying to, like, stretch itself, stretch itself out to hit, like, the 80-minute, 90-minute mark and make itself feature length, most of those, like, time-consuming wastes are not entertaining. And this movie actually makes that entertaining. So good on them. But also, this has no purpose. There's no point to this sequence in this movie. And like, if it's going to be so tonally different, if it's going to be questionable humor in terms of the demographic the movie's targeting, and it has no plot, like no plot purpose, and just is legit, like by the end of this movie, you're like, huh, that was, that was wasteful. Then I really don't think it needs to be in this movie. It, they're like, they're in, usually one of these things checks out. One of these things is working in favor of the movie. None of them worked in favor of the movie. And for me, that makes it as good as the sequence is on its own. For me, it's like that, that's it. This movie, this shouldn't have been in the movie. It really shouldn't have. This this could have just been a simple 11 minute episode of the TV series. The whole time travel thing. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's like, it's great. I love this again. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie, but it's also the one part where I can't forgive the movie for putting it in there. And see, it may, this is like a philosophical difference because I'm like, if it's entertaining, then sure, give me a break from the story to like give me this interesting sequence. Uh, I don't mind as long as it's interesting. Well, in, in other movies, like you mentioned, like this would be a chase sequence that's stretched out and there's like physical gags, but you're like, when is this going to end? But like, or, because the, 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 this doesn't get repetitive at, at all during the sequence, except maybe the EDM sequence you could say goes on for a little bit too long, but I still enjoyed that whole absurdity. So, like, I think that it, if it d- fulfills its purpose of being an entertaining sequence, then you you can justify it. But, but, like, it's when they get to boring or when you're like, okay, well, can we get back to the real story? If, if the movie makes you think that, then then it's a failure. But I think, at least to me, it, it was fun enough where I'm like, okay, this is fine. Keep me here for a bit. Or just... Well- this could have been a song too. I get a long no, song. No, songs. no, no, no songs. songs. No <laughs> songs. No more songs. No, but here's the thing. Like, 
if I, I agree with you, if the sequence elevates the movie and makes it more entertaining and makes the movie better, then it should stay. But this movie was too long. Like, even though it was short, it felt like it was too long. It right, dragged you, a lot. You, so I want you to cut I, other stuff out of this movie. Oh, Don't totally. <laughs> but the thing is, like, if you look at if you look at the script, if you look at the tone, if you look at everything, the one place that doesn't fit, the one that if you want to cut time to make a movie flow and pace better, the one place that does that can be cut is this. Even though it's possibly the best part of the movie, it's the one thing that makes sense to cut. So, like, I understand why it's there, but like, the movie does drag. It does have pacing issues. Like, I was very bored by the end. I wanted it to end. Right. So, like, like the, the, even this though sequence it's, is not not at all responsible for that, in my opinion. I, I think it's a lot of other I, I know, stuff. I, that I, but gets I don't know because the thing is, if you if you make the movie shorter, suddenly the pacing is different. If you take something out, suddenly it's a different movie. So I wouldn't I wouldn't make that argument necessarily. Like I would like I need to see a cut of this movie without that sequence and see how it plays to see if it actually does feel lo- as long as it's if it still feels as long as it is. Um, so I wouldn't say like, it's so, it's like this, I don't, I wouldn't say this sequence is completely blameless. There's always some, there's always a flow. There's always a, a a tempo a movie has, and this is part of that movie. So it's part of that tempo and it's not, it wasn't enough. So for me, I would have taken this out, Mm. but, uh, even if it was for me, one of the best parts of the movie. And we Um, still, the also part I loved was the, uh, the upbeat inspirational song about love, like song montage. I just, I just love the end joke though when they hit the bird with the car. Okay, so like that, that for, that for example, that's a good joke. But the entire sequence is way too long. Cut that part out. Like it's that, that laughing. doesn't need it to be there. Michael and Bolton I'll, I'll end up by a car. <laughs> yes, it, it's a, it's a fine joke. I also laughed at Michael Bolton dying on screen. That's great. But um, like also following this sequence as well, we begin to get into the emotional arc. I guess of this. I don't know if you want to get into that, Beatrice. But like I think that that part drags much longer and has more boring pieces that I think we could have cut out considering the tone of the rest of this movie. Well, that's definitely out of character of the TV show. The TV show does not have emotional arts, does not have emotional stories. They don't try to make you care about the characters. This movie actually does. So it's... Yeah. I will say, though, the emotional stuff isn't great. (laughs) I mean, again, look, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that even though the time travel sequence is the best of the movie, one, it doesn't fit with the demographic. And like in a way where I like wouldn't, I would like if I were a parent and I had my kid watching that, like I would be upset. Why? I'd be like, why? How could you like, why would you do this? I, I would be like, why would you rate this PG, PG? Like this is not, that's not what this is. Um, and th- that's all I'm saying. And on as well, like it doesn't, it, the movie does drag. And even though this is one of the best things, it doesn't make sense with the plot. Um, um, I th- I'm just thinking what you mentioned of the big three networks. Um, I think for sure Cartoon Network is probably the most like PG 13, more so than Disney and Nickelodeon. Yeah, but I don't yeah. care about that. Like, <laughs> if that's the case, then they need to rate the movie PG thirteen. Yeah. Like, that's that's the thing. But they don't. That's that's yeah. the thing. Like, I that doesn't have anything to do with this. The fact is, is a PG movie. So anyway, um, let's just get back into this. There is an emotional turn. Um, after fixing the time travel mistake, the pointless time travel mistake, <laughs> the Titans stop Slade from using the crystal and steal it back. Um, he escapes, but the Titans gain recognition as superheroes. Jade Wilson invites them the next day and offers to make them their movie. The Titans 
without Robin, cause mischief on set until they stumble upon the superheroes making building a doomsday machine. Um, they try to destroy it, but Jade and Robin intervene. Jane says it's a poorly chosen acronym for a streaming service, um, which is very funny. Um, she cancels the Titans movie and but offers Robin a solo one instead, and he decides to take it instead of and decides to go solo, basically. Um, one problem I do have though, if Jade's plan all along was she wanted to do a Robin solo movie and get rid of the other four. She wouldn't do anything to sabotage the movie. That the other four Titans did it themselves. She she didn't do nothing. They sabotaged their own selves. Which I look, look, look St- so- Steve, Steve, two words: mind manipulation. Oh yes, yeah, well, I mean, and yeah. I mean, I don't think that's the the whole purpose of. The, I don't think that's the point. I think for me, it's more of like why. Why? Why did she offer a Teen Titans movie in the first place? Like Robin's the only Robin has always been very overt about wanting his own movie. Like it was never like, oh, I want to make a Teen Titans movie. It was always, I want a movie for me. So I was always like very like I don't know. Like Damn, Robin just... in this entire movie was very annoying to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Do you like? Do you guys think this movie was too Robin centric? Like, well, how is the show? Yeah. Is the show, like, very Robin-centric? Mm, most of the time it is, because he's, like, the punching bag of the show. He's the character everyone, like, picks on. He's, like, the, like everything always goes against him. He's, like, the, uh, yeah, he's, like, the whipping boy of the show. So, yeah, it does get that. But, but unlike the, the original show, though, the first season was Robin-centric, and then other people got their turns. But the show does seem is focused on Robin all the time. We don't have these seasons like the the uh, the Raven season or the uh, right, right. Beast Boy season. Right, right, right. You know? all, all I have to go off of it is this movie. And like for what I get from Robin is like the classic uh, main character needs to be leader of a ragtag group and gets frustrated. Kind of similar to like a, they make a Guardians of the Galaxy joke earlier. And it's kind of that, right? Like the, the Chris Pat- right. Pratt character where he has to like keep the unstable people together. And so, like, I think that in this movie, he is very annoying at times. But at the same time, I think that because of the time they dedicate to Robin's character in the second half, like, the emotional stuff works for me. But at the same time, it doesn't fit the tone of the first half of the movie, um, which is what, what I struggle with. Like, if you want to cut something, I'd rather you cut the trying to shoehorn in an emotional arc for Robin than cut out good jokes. I wonder, though, is this intentional... Slade like says he's his like plan now is to divide the Titans, divide Robin from the other Titans. I wonder if this is intentional because pretty much that was the entire plot of season one of the original series. Were they trying to reference that or is that just a coincidence? Uh, it, it, it's a character trait that they put for Robin yeah. from the very beginning in this yeah. movie, right? Like Robin wants to be solo, but like he has to, to deal with the rest of his group. And so like the, the, the main villain plot, it fits well with that, right? Like, okay, Robin wants that. So let's give it to him. And that way he'll, he'll be easier to deal with on his own. I don't know about you guys. As soon as I saw the movie, when I came home, I watched an episode of the 20, 2003 series just to get my mind at ease. So, yeah, but um, it's – I don't know. I think it's interesting how even though like one of my criticisms is that I wanted the film to – its humor at least to be more realistic. I wanted it to be a bit more like make fun of the movie industry. I do think one of the poorest – one of the weakest elements of this movie is the movie industry. 
it's Jade Wilson's uh, in everything. Like, yeah, you 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 make all these references, but at the same time, like, it is so heavily tied to the most more emotional stuff. It's not as funny. It does bring the film down, and they don't even do as much as they should with it. Mm-hmm. And like, even then, like, oh, it's it. It's just like, oh, it's like a streaming service. I'm like, why don't you instead make the villain, uh, like, instead of making just like a typical villain, why don't you actually go like, oh, people don't care about superheroes anymore. Or like, I don't know, like, superheroes, like, I don't know, become like Hollywood stars. So then they get like these big, like, ego, like Hollywood egos and make fun of that or something. I don't know. I just don't think the... Uh, although I do the, like the joke that the superheroes are being distracted by making yeah, movies I so slight. Yeah, I love that I like that. I like that, but I wanted it to be less of like, oh, like... They're so distracted that they legit make a doomsday thing. Like, no. Like, I just, they they were just like, there were certain, I don't know. Oh, I, I I wanted them, I don't know. I want it, again, it's the same criticism. I, lo- I just wanted them to be a bit smarter with this. I love the the mobile device joke how, as I said, they're distracted, but they'll have the mobile device to turn off because they're good people, unlike some people. And he looks yeah. right at the audience. And- yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so... Basically, the movie is essentially basically what we expect happens. So Robin finishes his movie, but is but feels very lonely. Um, and for the final scene he has to shoot, he is tricked to open the vault of the Teen Titans Tower where the crystal is being protected. Jade reveals that she's actually Slade. <laughs> um, she escapes. Well, he escapes, um, planning to use a doomsday machine to hypnotize everybody. Um, can I let's, now, let's talk can about I this villain? Say my t- Okay. Yeah, what do you want to say? I, th- I just want her des- his design, her design. When he when he when Slate created this fictional character, this female character, Jade Wilson, I'm wondering if the design of that character is supposed to be like a reference to another member of his family, like one of his ex-wives, or I don't, maybe I don't know or what like, he envisions his daughter would look like growing up. No, I think this, <laughs> this is this more like, ooh, this, yeah, it's not that deep. And they just probably saw that Kristen Bell had short blonde hair. And they're like, okay, we'll make her have short blonde hair. Like, it's not, I don't think it's that deep. I thought she had silver hair like like Rose Wilson does. But um, one, one thing I do want to find out from the sequence, one of the reasons that the emotion arc does work, I, I think that while they don't show the house enough, but like just the whole lingering on the house destroying itself and Robin walking through the rubble and all, like, those are fine sequences to, like, make you feel bad for Robin, like, uh, his regrets over his decisions. So I think, like, just that that little sequence is kind of a highlight of why uh, why what they're trying to do emotionally ends up working on you because they're kind of hammering home that, like, this is all Robin's fault. So these are the consequences he has to deal with. It, it's competent filmmaking, I think, that, that, right, that sequence. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh... Yeah, I agree with you, I guess, I guess. I mean, I think it's more, like, for me, it's just that from the very beginning, Robin was just off-putting. So, like, I'm just, like, not willing to give him as much sympathy. Right, but, right. But, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's fine, I guess. It's fine. Um, it, just, it, it didn't really leave, I mean, I saw this movie, I think, what, two, three days ago? And, it's again, that's not even the parts that stood out to me. <laughs> um, like, I don't, I barely remember them. It's, like, it's, like... They happened, and I'm like, okay, bye. Um, so yeah, so the Titans face Slade, but Robin gets hypnotized in the process. He is oh, ordered to attack his friends. That's and- definitely a reference to the season one finale of the original show, of right. Part Two. Right, right. 
Um, and the only thing that snaps him out of the trance is, of course, the homemade movie the Titans had originally made for him. Um, they take out Slade and save the world from his control. And the film ends with Robin breaking the fourth wall, telling the kids in the audience to ask their parents where babies come from. I need to say, the minute he said that, a parent behind me just gasped. <laughs> a parent behind me was like... <gasps> <laughs> what a scandalous joke. And that is what made that joke for me. I was just like, oh, the parents. And you see, and like, I could already hear the kids' minds like turning. Like, they're turning. Like, they're like, ooh, I'm going to ask this question. Um, so that was pretty good. Um, uh, but also, all the superheroes just chanting credits, credits. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the, credits. The, the characters want the movie to end as much as we do. <laughs> yeah, basically. Basically. <laughs> but, um,. So I guess now that we've run through this movie, so, I just want to quickly ask, is this because I've been seeing this this uh, kind of conversation happening um, in, in the reviews of this movie. Do you guys think this is the kids bop kids version of Deadpool? Hmm. Well, it's very meta. So and they make Deadpool jokes in the beginning, referencing yeah. their meta-ness to the meta-ness of Deadpool. So like it's I guess that's an apt description. Also, it goes very much into the into the irreverent humor. But once again, that time travel sequence is the most Deadpooliness of of the entire movie. Like the, the, that's yeah. probably what ends up um, emphasizing that. So yeah. I, I guess that's a description. Yeah, that's an gotcha. accurate description. Kids Bob version of the Deadpool movie, but it's always been a Kids Bob version of something. It was a Kids <laughs> yeah. Bob version of the original series. So. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it really. I wow, like, I'm really proud guy. of this description. I want my season six. Go, 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 cry. Go, 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 find your VHS to crossed out with Young Justice in the title and go watch that instead. All right. Well, here's a question: Should this have been a made-for-TV movie? Yes. Should it have been made for TV? I mean, it didn't. Again, it's not doing amazing numbers at the box office. It felt the animation did feel like a TV movie. It felt. It, it, I do say this. The animation was very similar to the show, and in its defense, I do think my little point in the movie, its animation was definitely higher quality than, than yeah. its TV show, so... Yeah, that was definitely a step up for that movie. It was definitely, yeah. like, that felt like a, a film movie, whereas this one, not so much. Yeah, I, say, I guess, Alex? well, like, the only thing that sort of strikes me as theatrical is having Will Arnett as your villain. Like, that that's the only thing that really, and having him for a long time. Like, even Nicolas Cage, like, given that he has, like, five lines, like, I think you could get him for a TV movie. But, like, Will Arnett for a full stint like that, I, I think, would require it to be a theatrical nature. Yeah. And Will Arnett is good in this role. So, like, I, I think that that at least is a reason but otherwise i think that a lot of this felt made for tv especially like the the the, the opening sequence especially did not give give me um hope that this was going to be good because like that felt very straight out of a, a something i would expect to watch on a normal um, teen titans go episode it, but like other other fight sequences especially like slade in the big robot thing or like when they go totally out there with with the inspirational song about life and they have like oh, rainbows yeah. and narwhals and stuff oh, i love that like i i i guess that that requires more upscaled animation so I, right, there's, right. A point, there's points where i see it but at the same time i I think that you could have made this movie with a made-for-TV style. I have a question. Gotcha. Quality. Did, gotcha. did Batman have any lines in this movie? I don't No, remember. I don't think he did. No. Spoke. I, Which is funny because it's like, all right, if, it, like, you'll have Will Arnett, but you won't have him speak it, for Batman. It credits Jimmy Kimmel as the voice of Batman, and 
Really? On Wikipedia, yeah. at least. Uh, I, that's probably a joke credit, then. Yeah. Because I don't think so. he spoke, so interesting. <laughs> hey, um, hey, hey, you know what else Jimmy Kimmel is in? The Boss Baby. Oh, <laughs> my God. Guys, enough. Enough. We are leaving that movie out. No more. No, if one more mention of that movie, and we are ending this podcast early. <laughs> and that means we won't get to talk about the most interesting thing about this movie. The short? The uh, No, the but we will get to, we, but we will talk about the short, but not that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, last thing, uh, last thing before we get into the good stuff. Um, do you think, what is a more faithful adaptation of the Teen Titans? This or the live action Teen Titans TV show trailer that Ooh. we got? Uh, are we allowed to curse on this podcast? No, we're not. No, we're not. Sorry. Darn. I don't. I haven't seen. I haven't seen that yet. Um. Good. 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 Uh. uh, uh but when you say adaptation of Teen Titans, you mean the two thousand three no, TV series no, or the comics? No. Just no. Neither. Just okay. does it, or I mean, I guess the comics or the both. I don't know. Doesn't matter. That was like a joke. It was a joke yeah, yeah, and a jab yeah. at the Teen Titans <laughs> live action TV show. Only me and Beatrice got. Yeah, but, but, basically. Anyway, but, let's go. Okay, fine. Let's go to the best moment of this movie. What I paid money to see, essentially, which is the mid credit scene. Oh, you paid money just for that? I'm so sorry for I you. Know, I'm so mad. I mean, look, I and I have a uh, I have a question about it because. The mid credit scene is essentially the 2003 Teen Titans showing up again, saying, we found a way back. So that hints, I don't know what that hints at. A TV show, a movie, a TV movie, I don't know what it hints Some at. Some people are speculating a crossover with Teen Titans Go. Oh, no, no, not a crossover. No. Well, hasn't Teen Titans Go already done a crossover? Like, wasn't there yeah. a one where they watched an original Teen Titans episode or something? You, that's more of Teen Titans abridged. It's not really a crossover. Yeah, I mean, but my point is crossover wouldn't be something that moves the needle because they've already done that in this show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but here's my thing. Here's my thing. Do you, Don't you guys think this would have been better had it been like, a reveal like Comic-Con or something. I feel like it would have created more buzz. I think having it be a mid credit scene, suddenly it's like shrouded in spoiler talk. So um, like reviews can only talk about it like spoilers. You can't talk about this after until like you see the movie. I feel like it's not was, making as much buzz as it should be because in, it's like where it was, it was placed with this movie where I feel like had it been like, so had it like I don't know been like something else, say for Comic like Con or whatever, I feel like it would have been better. Well, in an earlier interview, Tara Storm did sort of hint if you see the movie, if the movie does well, then we might get a season six. So see, I think maybe I that was hinting that. at this. I don't know. I th- I feel like had had it been something that was like teased, had this little snippet been at comic-con and people lost their minds and created buzz for it that would have made a better chance for it to have like a season six than say depending on this movie that's for an audience that doesn't that isn't the designated audience for teen titans well, like, the audience yeah the audience who wants a season six of teen titans most of them hate this show to begin yeah, with like they're not gonna so, go see this movie so I, that's what i, I mean think all- I think also, like, my take on it is just they don't have a plan. Like, uh, they're not um, they're not dedicating themselves like, okay, we're going to do this. Like, it's just like throwing it out. They're like, uh, yeah, the, the, 
the adults who are watching this, let's just throw them a bone. Like, they like the original Teen Titans, right? Let's just show that scene. But, like, I don't think that this is actually meant with any concrete meaning in the line, which is why giving it a mid credit scene to me is appropriate because it's just like, eh, whatever. Like, that, that's what a mid credit scene usually is. It's just like a random extra thing you throw in is like something that didn't fit in the movie. And that's basically what this is to me. Like, I, I uh, people speculate, like, okay, this means that if enough people watch, then a new season will come up. Like, uh, I don't I don't get that at all. Like, the entire scene is just the, the characters showing up and saying, okay, we found a way back. But, like, what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. So, uh, I, uh, I, I, it, it's a credit scene. Well, why, why give it this much attention? Well, yeah, on the I show, mean, it's established, though, it, the multiverse in T-Titans go, and there's... One of the verses is the original 2003 series, so... Okay, sure, but the movie doesn't talk about that, so, like, and I will, this is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I will say that um, if, I mean, if the if the purpose is, like, it, it, I mean, it wouldn't make sense to, like, oh, Teen Titans Go! has to do well in the movie, like, the Teen Titans Go! movie has to do well in order for us to get season six. That wouldn't make a lot of sense, because if that's the case, then that would mean that we would get more Teen Titans Go! Not more of... Yeah. As something that's so tonally and visually different. So I don't it's think... It's like... Yeah, it's like, like they were using when, a look, movie... When Tara Strong said that, all I'm saying is all she wants so, is for her movie to do well. That has nothing to do with the Teen <laughs> Titans series, 2003 series. Well, I don't think she would have said that if she wasn't instructed. If, like, to hire up, like, all the voice actors to say that. So, could you know, the voice actors, they got these confidentiality clauses. So they had to be very tight-lipped on stuff. So they can't just loosely say stuff, whatever, or allow that's permission. What I mean. Like, that's yeah. why I don't think that she's saying that for any other reason other than I want this movie to do well. <laughs> like, like, I don't the- think she's... It's more marketing than it's, it is like 14 Titans Go, not like 14 Titans 2003. It's like Warner Bros. was holding season six hostage. I don't know. I don't <laughs> well, know. I, here's uh, the thing. Like, that, is, yeah, in yeah. that sense, I think you're right in using that phrase because I feel like I've heard the Teen Titans season six might be happening soon. I feel like I've heard that for several years. So, like, uh, uh, I, I think that's just a thing that always floats around. Well, well, if there's season six, I've just. Hopefully, hopefully, maybe adapt some of those later storylines in the Teen Titans Go comics adaption of the original show, like having like uh, when Ravager joins the crew or um, other stuff. Like, I more, more, more importantly, is there a Teen Titans Go to the movie sequel? Uh, if it is, I hope it focuses on another Titan, just like the old TV show. Like season one was Robin, I guess season. Two, the sequel would be uh, Beast Boy and Terra. And the part uh, three they, would be Cyborg. Part four would be Raven. Part five Okay, we're not... I don't even think we're getting a sequel. We're not getting five movies. <laughs> no, like, I, I don't think we're going to get a sequel. This is, Unless the, this this is movie the Lord does... of the Rings of Cartoon Network. you got to stretch this out for eight hours of theatrical content right here. <laughs> but well, no, they could really throw the bone and have the next one focus on Starfire. No, I don't... The the only one is, I get... don't... I just don't think we're gonna get it. It's I don't think it it didn't make enough money. It's it's not gonna make enough money. Like opening opening weekend is so crucial for these movies. I mean, maybe if it does have a longevity and it manages to maintain ten million next week and the week after that, and there's no drop off, then yes, then maybe we'll get a sequel. But you know, if if it does drop off next week and we get instead of ten million another ten million, we get like five million or two. Like if it drops off anything, it just means it's going to keep dropping off. It's, and I don't think it's going to make it. I really don't. It should not have opened the same one year after the Emoji Movie the same weekend. That weekend slot <laughs> is cursed. Yeah, yeah. 
It's a, it's a, I mean, yeah. Anyway, um, let's talk about the anime short very briefly because we're already running a little bit long. Um, so there was a DC Supergirls anime, Supergirls? Is that what it's called? DC Superhero Girls. Girls. Superhero Girls. Yes. DC Superhero Girls, uh, anime short that happened right before. Um, so what did you guys think of it? Give me your thoughts, Steve. I know that you've been itching to talk about this. All right. I saw, I'm the one who's seen the webisodes of the original DC Superhero Girls, which is vastly different than this. And I'm also very familiar with Lauren Faust. From the My Little Pony fame, but and it's very short. I can't really judge it. Not much happened, but it looked okay. I loved Barbara Gordon, like her design and her. She very much. She's very Twilight Sparkle like. So definitely excited okay. for that. Uh, I will say as well that like this was too short to really give me a feel for well, yeah. what what kind of show this even is. Uh, I got very annoyed when the short cut off right before an action sequence was about to happen. Like, okay, you got there. Let's see the fighting. It's like, no, that that's where it ends. Like, what? So all I saw was Batgirl trying to get to the fight. And I'm wondering, but like, it's yeah, but it, it was okay as like an introductory short because also when you're watching a movie and you're, you see a short or something you don't expect. It's like, uh, okay, well, as long as it's not too long, uh, I don't really mind. And, like, it, yeah. it was animated fine. Bar- there were a couple of good jokes in the beginning yeah. between Barbara and well, the Wonder Woman and Green Lantern. Yeah, style. I take... It's like, it, right. it was inoffensive. I, I, I take this over, like, the Olaf Christmas special, which was the... Op- okay, option. but that is... That is... No one <laughs> deserves to be compared with that. Like, that is its own, like, bag of worms. Let's, that's, that's, let's leave Olaf out of this. Um... <laughs> But yeah, um, I mean, it was it was nice. It was cute. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like, and this is something that sometimes bugs me a little bit when seeing these things, like these all female things, um, because like for instance, like Star Wars has its own version, Forces of Destiny. But the thing with Star Wars is like, not once does it dumb down the characters or or completely exclude them from the universe that they're living in. It just makes it female focused, right? It's just, but that's, but that's as much as it goes. It still maintains, like, the essence of the character. It doesn't dumb them down. It doesn't change them. It's still this capable person. The thing is, it gives the spotlight to the female characters because more often than not, they don't get the spotlight. With this animated short, I just couldn't help but feel like it was doing that. It wasn't dumbing them down. It was making them seem incompetent in a way that you wouldn't get otherwise. And I'm just... I don't know. I just feel like instead of giving me like an all female fa- like I appreciate the sentiment, but also like don't don't do that. Give me a capable like female character. Give me an em- a focus on her. And if you want, give me a focus on all these other characters, but don't give me that. I'm um, very recently a uh, Marvel like dropped a trailer for its other for its own um, female kind of centered thing. And again, it doesn't dumb them down. It's just this. It's just girls being human and being fun this this to me read as um making femininity something silly which is not what femininity is and this making it be like ooh like girls and whatever and it's like pink and it's like that's These, like yeah. like i don't know like i wanted them to go more totally spies they could- than 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 what they did like totally spies embraces the embraces femininity embraces makeup and fashion and all this stuff they, yeah. but these girls are actually ser- but they but they have a mind they're not just mindless and this this show 
makes them mindless in a way. And I just, again, it was very short, so I can't very much, but like from the tone, like if this is the first impression I get from this show, I am not impressed. If anything, I'm annoyed. Hollywood really should take notes from Japan on how to do this stuff. They know how to do it most of the time. I mean, but the, yeah. the, but that doesn't make sense because like they've done like again, mm. Star Wars is doing it yeah. right. Um, mm. uh, uh, Marvel from the that very short trailer clip that we saw from Marvel did so much more and did so much more right and and, and landed in the right footing than this short did. Mm. So I wouldn't say that Japan does it better. I, there is no competition in this. It's simple. Yeah. Like DC, <laughs> just I don't think is doing it better. I don't like what this is. Um, um, well, well, I'm interested to see Supergirl's character. That's her new design that interests me a little bit, so I kind of want to. I want to see a full episode first before I can really judge this. Uh, oddly enough, we we talk about dumbing down, but like th- th- this short was before Teen Titans go to the movies, right? <laughs> Which is like uh, just the epitome of uh, of making these characters like go down to lowbrow humor. So like when you juxtapose that, like th- it didn't look that way to me at first, but I I can uh, after you explaining it, I can see a bit better like why that would be interpreted first, that way. But I've, like putting it next to Teen Titans Go, like it, in the sense, it's actually a good strategy, I, right? It's like at make, first, it right, elevates so you can't them. be dumber than Teen Titans Go, but also <laughs> I, I I don't know, but I mean yeah. I, again, maybe it's because like I can like separate the two, and I'm like okay, this right, is one right. thing, that's another thing, and it's like I don't know, I'm just I was underwhelmed by it, and. As a woman who is very into superheroes, I was very annoyed with it. Um, I was like, this is, like, my younger self would be turned off by it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if they're trying to get, like, I don't know, I just feel like there's this idea of what they, it's like this, like, screams to me as something of, oh, this is what little girls like, instead of actually looking at what little girls like. Um like even Barbie, right? Barbie, like in her like vlogs that she does, that to me is so much better and more sophisticated. And you'd think that Barbie is the epitome of this type of thing, and in reality, she's not. She's like actually, it's actually like really cool and interesting. So mm-hmm. it's like it's just once again, it's a misunderstand. It's like people misunderstand thinking that young girls aren't worth sophisticated stories, even in a in a, even in a color palette that's filled with pink, and that mm-hmm. to me, and that and that annoys me a lot. Mm-hmm. I I, I get you. So though I no show that kind of does it better too is My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. When I check that show out more, um, most of the time it does does it well. It, they they don't make a big deal as a bunch of girls centric characters. Um. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't. I don't know if I can get into my little pony. No offense. Um, I just, or, or do you I, spin off the uh, Equestria Girls? That's probably maybe a better example. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I think that does it for this podcast. Uh, I think we we went on a little bit longer than I wanted. I wanted this one to be under an hour. I don't know if that's gonna happen. Um, but yeah. So you can find out more about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can join us on Discord to text chat about animation at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. You can support us via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Taylor, a.k.a. Needle. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Andy, and Hugh. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Yeah, let's bid you the farewell, the listeners. Uh, I'll keep that in.